Welcome, 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 welcome to the Modern Medicine Movement Podcast. Dr. Hemingway here. Let's go. Woo. All right. Oh, awesome, guys. Super pumped, super grateful. So happy to be back here with you. Oh, my gosh. So amazing to uh, have the opportunity to meet so many of you. Uh, last week, I was in Florida, and many of you were as well. Got to meet a few of you guys live and in person and talk to you and answer questions. It was a lot of fun. So, oh, man, I appreciate you guys so much. It's, uh, it's why I do it. I had a couple of people come up to me and just thank me personally for you know, doing the show, doing the podcast, we're doing the groups and, and the newsletter and all this stuff and answering their questions. Uh, I actually responded to somebody's email today that asked me a specific question about uh, a vitamin B12 level. And I, I talked about vitamin B12 in my supplement podcast a while back. And so it's so great to hear you guys uh, reaching out and your feedback and and I just, I, I just, I'm so grateful for you guys. It's why I do it. It's why I do the show and what gets me excited, gets me out of bed every morning. I mean, my ikigai, my purpose, my mission is to serve you guys, to help you to be your healthiest you of mind, body, soul, spirit, just your energy, all that stuff. And so I'm so grateful you're part of the modern medicine movement. And I just so appreciate it if you guys could drop me a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast because that's really what moves the needle as far as you know people finding it and getting the word out and so I so appreciate you guys please drop a review super easy to do doesn't take long just scroll down to where you see those five stars click on the one farthest to the right and then just type a little review with that little boxes with the pencil coming out the top and just tell me what you're loving what you're enjoying what you're appreciating and let the world know it's just it's a great way to share and get the word out so thank you in advance for doing that. I so appreciate you guys. It was so, so nice to see so many of you in person. I'm just so pumped that you're taking advantage of my free Facebook group, Modern Medicine Movement Health and Wellness Facebook group, or my free weekly newsletter, Thursdays to Thrive with Dr. Thomas. If you haven't jumped in on that, there'll be a link to it in the show notes. It's a really great uh, opportunity to learn a couple of pearls. I keep them short. There's usually a link to the podcast and, and all kinds of other goodies in there, a link to my courses. I have uh, oh, half a dozen courses out now on just super important topics that will move the needle in your life. I have a course on sleep, a course on stress optimization, on your gut health, on intermittent fasting, on metabolism and energy and weight loss. I have Lots of amazing courses, super affordable, and they will just get you jump-started to just get to the best health of your life. So I hope you'll check that out. i got some links in the show notes. Um, you can also see them on my website, modernmedicinemovement.com. And my upcoming book will be out hopefully this summer, it's looking like. It's in the big-time editing phase right now. I meet once a week at least with um, my editor, and it's just been it's been awesome. We're, we're getting through the whole thing and it'll hopefully get out to you guys this summer. So if you want to be the first to know, be a part of the newsletter, be a part of my Facebook group, um, get on my email list, whatever it is, and you will know and get the first opportunity to order this amazing book. And I hope you'll share it. It's called Preventable. It's amazing. It's, it's going to just knock your socks off, as they say. So Thanks for being a part of this movement. I'm so excited for the future. We have also just a, oh, an incredible new group opportunity coming up where you can be a part of the VIP community. Oh, my, my upcoming VIP community is going to be amazing. It's just something you want to be a part of. It'll be a monthly group where I'm going to go live in the group. I'm going to have office hours. Mm -hmm. We're going to support one another. We're going to meet our health goals. We're going to challenge each other, and there'll be tons of information. And you'll get me, yours truly, live to answer questions, to talk, to teach, to share. It's going to be amazing. Uh, our tentative start date will, will be April the 1st. So that's coming up real quick. We're just getting all the finalization with the website stuff and the private group and and all that. And so I hope you'll subscribe. It's going to be super affordable. The price of just a couple of Starbucks coffees, you know, just save your money on those or maybe one dinner out. Um, 
And you'll, you'll be able to subscribe to this amazing VIP community where we will get to our healthiest healthy. We will grow together. We will share. We will teach. It's going to be amazing. So I hope you'll be a part of my upcoming group. Uh, be a part of the newsletter right now and my uh, Facebook group, and you'll know the exact release date, but we're shooting for April the 1st. It's going to be incredible. I'm so pumped. It's been uh, probably a year in the making, and it's just going to be incredible. So anyway, without further ado, I am super pumped to record this podcast today. Dr. Thomas Hemingway here to share with you what to eat and what not to eat. So... <laughs> There's at least five, probably more like 10 things that you really, really, really should nearly never eat. And uh, some of these things may surprise you. It's super interesting because over the years, there's been so many things that have kind of been snuck into our food, especially here in the U.S., which are not good for us. You know, the same companies that are making all kinds of processed food here in the U.S. also make them abroad. In Europe, for example, but a lot of the chemicals that are used here at home, well, home for me and many of you, are not even allowed in Europe. Well, why? Because they ain't good for us. In fact, many can be toxic, and we're going to talk about everything from the yoga mat chemical that used to be in Subway sandwiches to silly putty to beta-hydroxytoluene or BHT and all kinds of things that are in so many foods that you just didn't know and now you're going to know and now you're going to know what to look for and you're going to get so much value out of this because you're going to know how to eat the best and most healthy of all healthy foods and to avoid the stuff that's going to kill you. Maybe not today or tomorrow, but over the years, I mean, literally this stuff is toxic. So I have, <laughs> you guys, are, it's going to blow your mind. It's going to be incredible what we'll get into. There's just so many things that I want to touch on. I'm going to start with what in my lifetime has been a huge revelation to many of us, including me and my mom. As we, you know, as I was a kid, we were told to avoid things like butter, lard, and, you know, animal fats, you know, the so called saturated fats, because they were going to kill us. There was this guy in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. I, I was born in the early 70s, and he made it his mission to vilify saturated fat, especially animal fats. This guy, you guys have heard of him. I've talked about him before, Ansel Keys. He wrote the seven country study where he conveniently left out countries that just didn't uh, fit his, uh, you know, his, what, what, what for him was sort of his um, conclusion was that saturated fat was bad for you. And, and we know now that he was wrong and he knew he was wrong too, but he just didn't want to believe it. There was a country that was completely opposite to everything he reported. This was France, and they called it the French paradox because they ate lots of wine and cheese and saturated fat and these, these things that he thought were super unhealthy, and yet they were one of the most healthy countries in the world, and, and he just didn't want to believe it. And there's also numerous groups of people out there, including um, those of many, you know, sort of hunter-gatherer types that don't get heart disease, that eat lots of saturated fat, and these didn't fit his mold. So he, he left them out on purpose because he had an agenda, and his agenda was probably the same one of Procter & Gamble and some of these other big corporations that were trying to vilify saturated fat so that they could sell us their version of fake fat, right? When I was a kid, <laughs> we had this thing called, I can't believe it's not butter, and I don't know if it still exists, but a couple of years ago, actually, the FDA banned the foods containing hydrogenated oils or, or this kind of trans fat is kind of the buzzword that many of us heard about. And yet they've been banned several years ago. Many companies still include them in their ingredients list. And this is like heartbreaking to me because these are the substances that will kill you. They will cause heart disease. They've been shown to be extremely dangerous, hazardous to our health. And finally, the word is out there. Even the FDA has agreed to this, and they've basically banned these hydrogenated fats and oils and, and so, so on, but yet they still exist. And I guess what they did is they gave these companies years and years to kind of slowly get them out of their ingredients list. And so I was shocked that though this came out, um, I think... Uh, 
coming up on a decade of, ago of how dangerous these trans fats were, there are still many, many foods that contain them. So, so what is a trans fat? So anytime you see in a label anything that says hydrogenated, adding hydrogen, hydrogenated vegetable oil, hydrogenated soybean oil, hydrogenated whatever, organic canola oil. It doesn't matter if it's organic or not. If it says hydrogenated, this is a trans fat. This is dangerous. This stuff will literally kill you. And this is not, this is not new knowledge. This came out, like I said, 10 to 15 years ago, how toxic these were. But many companies still include them in their ingredients lists. And they've been shown, like I mentioned, to cause heart disease, stroke, even cancer. And so please, please, please do everything you can to look for this in your ingredients list. Remember, you got to read that list. And, and I have to admit, our ingredients list in the U.S. sucks. <laughs> I mean, it sucks compared to maybe the, the European nations because over there, they not only tell you what the ingredients are, but they tell you the percentages. Ours just list them supposedly in order of prevalence. So ingredients number one is supposed to be the most common ingredient, two, three, four, as so. But you have no idea if ingredient number one is 99% of it, and then three, four, and five are you know that remaining 1%. You have no idea of really knowing the percentages of these things. So it's just it's pretty misleading. But anyway, avoid the trans fats, the fake butters, the shed spread. Remember that? That was a what I grew up with, I, the shed spread, I can't believe it's not butter, margarines, all these things are toxic. They literally have the worst kind of oil you could ever have in your body, which is hydrogenated oils. We're going to talk a little bit more about the oils later because most of us, for some reason, you know, just don't know what oils are bad for us. And they, you know, just because it says organic canola oil, we think it's good for us. And yet, it falls into this category of the toxic seed oils, which we'll get into a little bit later. I was talking to my brother-in-law just this weekend. We were on a family uh, trip, um, and he was telling me that he had no idea about these oils. And it really bummed me out because he's, he's, um, you know, he's had some health challenges, and, you know, he's even had cancer. And, and I just I, I had to reach out to him and really share with him these important, you know, things that we got to look for in food because they they are hiding in plain sight. So the first thing I want you to avoid 110% of the time always is anything that is a trans fat. Anything that says the word hydrogenated, you got to dump it. Don't eat it. It's it's dangerous. It's just terrible. I'll just jump into the other one right now too is basically avoid anything that has a seed oil. So basically any oil that comes from a little seed or Anything referred to as vegetable oil, these are the ones to avoid. And there's a whole list. We have canola, cottonseed, safflower, sunflower, soybean and soy oil, corn oil, grapeseed, rapeseed, rice bran oil. These are to be avoided at all costs. And they are in almost everything that comes in a package, a box, a barcode, you know, a bag, anything that comes in a package or with a label, you got to avoid if it has any of these processed oils, which are called the seed oils. So think about it. The way that I kind of keep this straight in my head is that throughout time, we as humans have tended to, up until, you know, the last hundred years when we had manufacturing abilities and we could do whatever we wanted kind of from that standpoint, we had to eat the natural things. We had to eat the oils that were easily made from natural products, like an olive, for example. You can take it and just crush it, just squeeze it like in the palm of your hand, squeeze it with simple manual pressure to get the oil out. An avocado, the same thing. You just press it and squeeze it, and you can get the oil out. A coconut, you can squeeze it and get the oil out. So those three oils are fine because they are from nature. Peanut oil is, is okay, too, because it's a pretty oily nut if you've ever eaten fresh peanuts and you could also take those and smash them and get oil out of them. Those are okay. My favorites to cook with are avocado because it has a high smoke point. So you can cook it in any kind of food, really. You can fry your food in it if you're going to fry food. I, I try to not really fry foods because <laughs> anything you fry is going to be more dangerous because what happens to any oil is it becomes oxidized, you know, the sort of biologic rust, so to speak. But it is much more common when you fry with the other oils, these really low-quality cheap oils like vegetable oil, 
canola oil, you know, soybean oil, which is basically any restaurant you go to that offers fried food, they fry it in these cheap oils. I mean, you can get a gallon of vegetable oil for a couple of dollars, whereas if you try to buy a gallon of avocado oil that's, you know, in a dark glass container or extra virgin olive oil in a dark glass container, you try to buy a gallon of that, it's going to cost you 50 bucks, you know, like these cheap processed oils that we've made with manufacturing that come from little tiny seeds. I mean, imagine how do you get oil out of a sunflower seed or out of corn or out of grapeseed, rapeseed, you know, which make canola oil, these tiny little seeds, how the heck do you get oil out of that? Well, it involves a buttload of processing, literally a hundred different, both pressurized, chemical, you know, all kinds of crazy reactions, even bleaching, using solvents, things like toluene and all these crazy you know, thinners and just horrible chemicals to get the oil to a point where maybe it's palatable, you know, where you look at it and it doesn't look like motor oil and it starts to look like that clear stuff that you see at the store, which although it may look clear and fine, it ain't fine. Like these oils, the seed oils are the worst, the worst possible thing. So canola oil, cottonseed oil, canola oil, corn oil, soybean oil, safflower, sunflower oil, grapeseed, Rapeseed, rice bran, these are the ones to avoid. And basically in your head, just think about it, anything that comes from a seed, these so-called seed oils are toxic. And what's super interesting is when these things are used for cooking, like if you fry with them, which is basically all the commercial fryers almost in the world, all the restaurants you go to that serve up French fries or anything fried is using one of these cheap oils because, right, it's economics. They're trying to make money. They use the cheap stuff. And when they fry food in these things, I mean, just talk to anybody that works in these restaurants, how often they change out the oil. Usually they don't very often. They just pour a little bit more oil into that nasty stuff. My son works at a restaurant, which is actually a pretty high quality restaurant where everything is homemade, but they have a fryer. And he's told me, he's been there a couple of months. He's told me they have never changed that oil that he's aware of. They just add more to it and they use crap Seed oils, you know, they use vegetable oil or canola oil, whatever, it's cheap. But when you cook with that at high heat, it oxidizes it and it releases tons of bad chemicals. In fact, if you guys have heard of one of the main chemical toxins in cigarette smoke, it's called acrolein. Um, it's actually present in large amounts in fried foods. Acrolein is A-C-R-O-L-E-I-N. And, and it's been found basically in these vegetable oils that are used to fry foods. And They've studied this and they've looked at it. I'll put a, a link to the show notes in this study. It's from the NHANES, uh, published in the journal um, Environmental Health Perspectives, uh, 2015. This is acrolein exposure in uh, tobacco smokers. And in um, this, other, this other one, which compares the acrolein and tobacco uh, smoke to the acrolein that's found in cooking with the seed oils, the adverse public health effects by ingestion of dietary products uh, and the significance of fried food sources. It comes out, I'll put it in the show notes, Nutrients is the journal, Nutrients of 2020. And they looked at these oils, which are considered PUFAs, P-U-F-A-S, polyunsaturated fatty acids. These oils, when used for cooking, get toxic. They get easily oxidized because they are partially um, uh, polyunsaturated. In other words, there's lots of places for hydrogen and other things to jump in there and, and wreak havoc on, on, the, on the processes. And they, they, get, they get dirty. They get uh, chemically dirty. They get sort of this uh, oxidation producing what's called free radicals, which are toxic to your health. I mean, they literally cause inflammation and they will destroy you. These oils may be at the root of many diseases that have inflammation as their cause. Almost every disease has some degree of inflammation, and these oils cause tons of inflammation. So seed oils, avoid them like the plague. Um, in this particular study, Nutrients 2020, it talks about when you cook with these seed oils, remember canola, cottonseed, safflower, sunflower, soybean, rice bran oil, um, anything that says vegetable oil, you would think that's healthy. It says vegetables. It's from a vegetable. I love vegetables, but never eat vegetable oil, ever. At least I try really, really hard because it is toxic. And when you use it for cooking, it literally releases this chemical called acrolein in high quantities. In fact, they um, use sort of an estimate here where one serving of 
fried, you know, say French fries that you get at your favorite drive-in, just one serving of French fries is equal to the acrolein toxin in about 25 cigarettes. Like, holy crap, that toxin, which has been known to cause cancer, found in cigarette smoke, smoking 20 to 25 cigarettes is equal to the amount that you will be exposed to by eating one serving of French fries. It made me never want to eat French fries again. And, and since I read that, I literally haven't had French fries. I never want to have French fries again. I suppose if you do them on an air fryer at home, that may be okay. But anytime you're using oils like this under heat, forget about it. Like, forget about it. 110%. Forget about it. These things literally will cause cancer, inflammation, heart disease, all kinds of crazy things. The seed oils, avoid them like the plague. One of my um, colleagues, Dr. Kate Shanahan, wrote a whole book talking about the seed oils. It's called The Fat, the fat Burn Fix. And she gets into it, you know, jump on over to her website. She has a nice diagram of these seed oils. She calls them the Hateful Eight. And jump on over there. I think her website is drkate.com, but you can just Google her, Kate, C-A-T-E, Shanahan. She's uh, really well-versed in this stuff, and, and it's uh, really eye-opening, <laughs> to say the least. So, so I kind of digressed a little bit, but these toxins, acrolaeans that are released when you cook with these oils, I mean, it could be deadly. It's not going to kill you in a day or a week or a month, but over the years, all the exposures, I mean, it's crazy. It's, you can't, you can't uh, ignore this kind of data. So I hope one day these kind of oils will be basically prohibited. But honestly, we could make that happen by voting with our feet. If we just stop buying them, we never buy vegetable oil again. We never buy fried foods at a restaurant until they can guarantee to us that they will fry them in either avocado oil or coconut oil or maybe peanut oil. Those are probably the only three safe ones for that. Olive oil is not really great for frying because it has a lower smoke point, so it gets oxidized more easily. So olive oil is better in dressings. But let me tell you a little pearl here. If you're going to get dressing that says like olive oil dressing or olive oil tomato sauce, like you got to read the label because olive oil will be one of the ingredients but most often they will have some other cheap garbage oil higher up on the ingredient list like vegetable oil, safflower, sunflower, soybean oil. And then olive oil will be towards the bottom, which means it has just a little bitty, tiny bit. And it could be, who knows, less than a percent because they don't tell you. And so you got to read the label. You've got to read the label. Even if it says olive oil, there's a good chance that they're sneaking in some of these filler oils because they're cheap. It's economics. So you have to you have to read the oil. Okay, let me, let me, got to cover a few more of these things. Um, I think most of us have heard of sodium nitrite, which is in a lot of processed meats, like canned meats, canned tuna, things like that, sausages, deli meat. This is probably the stuff that gives these meats the bad rap because meat in and of itself is not ever been shown to cause cancer. But when you have high diets, high in these kind of, you know, processed meat, so to speak, that have the sodium nitrite, this is where the danger happens. These uh, can lead to different kinds of cancers like pancreatic cancer, high blood pressure, um, heart disease, things like that, the sodium nitrite. So I try not to really buy processed meats if I, I can and just try to get you know grass-fed and finished fresh meat that I know the source, that I know what they have eaten, you know, because if they don't say grass-fed and finished, these guys can be eaten literally canola oil because it fattens them up. It's economic, so you gotta get, you gotta read the label. If you're gonna eat meat, make sure it's grass-fed and finished, that it's pasture-raised, that it's free-range, you know, of the highest quality. Because otherwise, what these guys have eaten will affect you as well. If they feed the meat that you buy hormones, or they eat, you know, out of a field that gets GMO seed and pesticides, you can eventually will be at the receiving end of that. So you gotta read the labels. You gotta get high-quality stuff. Sodium nitrite, not good happens in a lot of the processed meats. Uh, MSG, I think most of us know about that, monosodium glutamate. Um, <laughs> the FDA will tell you it's fine because they're in, in bed with the company, right? They, they, they have these agreements. It, it's not fine. It's not good. There's been lots of data on MSG. Um, most people don't you know, even react to it that well. A lot of people have, have some symptoms of either headaches, flushing, you know, upset of the GI tract and things. It can cause tingling, burning, palpitations, nausea, weakness, all kinds of things. But it's, why do they even add it? They add it as a <laughs> sort of a food enhancer, you know, kind of characteristically in Chinese food. So you got to make sure um, if you eat it like Panda Express or a Chinese place, you got to ask them, do you add MSG? And usually they'll tell you. Um, 
because you don't want to have MSG in your food. But they ad- originally added it, you know, in the 50s and 60s because it enhanced flavor, right? Because we, as humans, we crave flavors, right? There's been whole institutes that literally study what chemicals make us want to eat more. You know, they, they literally have institutes of taste where they put in all these different chemicals like MSG, like um, different artificial sweeteners, because they know we'll get addicted to it. They want us to get addicted to it. So we'll keep buying their product. It's, it's kind of it's kind of nefarious. It's kind of sketchy because they literally <laughs> have these institutes out there where they study what kinds of things they can put in their foods. You know, most of these are processed foods, mind you, with artificial ingredients. So if you avoid those, you won't have to deal with this. But they put them in there on purpose because they know we will want more. You know, like the chips, Doritos and Cheetos and all these that are out there that say, or Chips Ahoy, whatever, that advertise you, can, you can't eat just one, right? You're going to sit down, you're going to want to eat the whole bag because they put all these flavor enhancers and artificial ingredients and things that mess with the dopamine in our head and our brains and they tell us to eat more. I mean, it's, it's science and it's economics. So you got to avoid that stuff. Avoid the MSGs, avoid the artificial colors and and sweeteners and flavors. In fact, let's just talk a little bit about artificial colors. So these have been looked at a lot because they're pervasive. They're everywhere. They're in almost everything that comes in a package and a label. And I talked earlier about, you know, things that are sold here in the U.S. that have different ingredients in Europe. You know, things like mac and cheese that used to use, you know, yellow number five, for example. I think recently they've taken that off the list and they have some other natural coloring. I don't know because I don't buy mac and cheese, but I remember... When they took it out of there, there's um, this gal, I think she calls herself the food babe, and she's done a lot of good work on sort of exposing these things um, to the general public because we just didn't know. We just didn't know about all the, all the things that are bad for us that are in food. You know, we sort of trusted that the FDA would be the watchdog, and they haven't, they haven't really done that well. So that's been something that uh, you got to watch out for. And so... Um, a lot of artificial colors are not good for us, like yellow number five, for example, blue number one, blue number two, red dye number three, yellow number six, and anything that, that says color number something, like don't buy it, just, just put it back, don't use it. These artificial colors have been shown to cause everything from ADHD type problems and kids and just all sorts of behavioral uh, issues and things. And and why would you want to put some crazy artificial dye coloring or whatever in your food? Like anything processed in a lab or a chemical like this is potentially going to be harmful to us. You know, sort of my rule of thumb is, you know, just ask yourself this question. Did it come from God or nature? You know, did it come from the field or what, whatever? Or did it come from man? You know, did we make it in a factory? And if it's the latter, you might want to avoid it. You might want to avoid it. So it's just something that uh, you got to be careful for. You got to read the label. One of the things that you really got to think about is how this is is hiding in plain sight. It literally can be hiding in plain sight. It's just one of these things that you, if you don't look for it, you won't find it. And so you got to look. This this one that I'll mention now really should be, I think, one of the top things. If there's two things that you should really avoid, it's what I opened with, the trans fats, these fake fats, really anything fake. I mean... I could do a whole podcast on the fake foods out there. You know, there's this big movement and push to make foods that don't have animal products, like the Impossible Burger or the Beyond Burger. And I, you know, just read the ingredients. That's all you got to do. And they, both of these burgers have lots of bad ingredients, tons of chemicals. I mean, they have over 50 ingredients, most of them from a laboratory. And so if you use what I like to use as the rule of thumb, number one, did it come from God or nature? Does it grow naturally outside in, in, the, in the ground? If it comes from the ground or nature, it's probably okay, as long as it's not eating you know, uh, pesticide-laden <laughs> GMO uh, grains and, and, and corn and stuff like that. It should be on a species-specific diet, and you should get your food from the field, hopefully an organic field that doesn't have pesticides, that doesn't have these issues. So that's the first question. Is it natural? Does it come from God or the ground or nature? If so, you're off to a good start. If it comes from man, you know, or a factory, man-made from a factory, 
you got to be extra cautious. You got to read the label. Most of these things are not going to turn out to be good for us. And high fructose corn syrup is probably number two on my list. Number one are the bad fats, the trans fats and all those nasty seed oils that I talked about at the outset. Those are ridiculously bad for your health. Probably the number two thing is this thing, and it comes from corn, usually GMO corn, high fructose corn syrup. Anything on the label that says high fructose corn syrup, or really corn syrup for that matter, you should avoid it like the plague. This is one of the worst things. It's, it's very processed. It's processed on purpose to have enhanced sweetness so that we get addicted to it. And usually it's made from crappy corn. And the processing just to get this high fructose corn syrup, fructose is a natural sugar that usually is in fruit. And when it's in fruit, it's fine because it comes with fiber. It's, it's in the right you know, location and the right place with the right ingredients, which are natural, which are fiber. Um, but when it comes from a factory, I mean, you don't get high fructose corn syrup in any plant out there. You just don't get it. It doesn't exist. But you can make it in a factory from corn, usually GMO corn, but it's usually made with a process that utilizes heavy metals to extract um, the corn syrup out of corn because it's not something that's easily done. It's a super highly processed thing. And they use actually heavy metals like mercury to extract the uh, corn syrup from corn. And so it's a really kind of sketchy chemical process. And I've seen people actually get sick from mercury poisoning because they had too much high fructose corn syrup. So it's something you got to watch out for. It's always on a label. So just read the label. If it says high fructose corn syrup, don't buy it. If it says corn syrup, probably still don't buy it. <laughs> um, and they, it's deceiving because what happens is usually for a lot of these processed foods, sugar would typically be the first ingredient for most of them, but they break down their quote unquote sugar into four or five different names. You know, they might have, you know, uh, a malt syrup or a rice bran syrup or, a, you know, the new kind of buzzword is um, there's a couple of different uh, um, um, fruits and vegetables out there that they get the sugar from, right? Like they put cane sugar. Are we supposed to think that cane sugar is better than some other sugar? Like sugar is sugar and some sugars are worse than others, of course. The only sugar I think is really okay is typically the stuff that comes in the whole, W-H-O-L-E, whole fruit, you know? The sugar, the fructose that's in berries or strawberries or melon or what have you, watermelon, you know, my favorite cantaloupe and honeydew, like that stuff is okay. But if they're producing it in a factory to make corn syrup or rice bran syrup or or whatever it is, whatever the case may be, these are usually the ones you want to avoid because they're highly processed. They're literally made to get you hooked. Like that's their goal. They want to hook you on syrup, right? On sweet so that you'll eat more of it. And it's been shown that high fructose corn syrup causes obesity, type 2 diabetes. I talked about it in my podcast on liver disease. This non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is super prevalent and it can be related in large part to the high fructose corn syrup that many of us have in our diets. Sugary drinks, basically every sugary drink is suspect from, of course, the easy ones to point a finger at, the sodas, as well as the fruit juices. You got to watch out for this stuff. This highly processed stuff is ridiculously bad for our health, okay? And it's found in so many things, like even stuff that's not supposed to be sweet. Like I was looking the other day for some nuts just to take as a snack on a trip. I did this long road trip recently. And like a lot of the nuts out there either had high fructose corn syrup in them because they were roasted, you know, honey roasted or whatever, or they had bad oils like vegetable oil or canola oils. Like how come I can't just get a plain nut? Like maybe with some sea salt or something. It's, it's hard to find. Like even looking for a plain nut, you know, to buy. Like I love macadamia nuts. Macadamia nuts are usually easier to find because they rarely do all this other weird roasting to them. They usually just either sell them as such or with sea salt and they're a little bit easier to get, you know, good ingredients. But, but almonds, cashews, peanuts, walnuts, all these things are often sold with a seed oil or with high fructose corn syrup. You just got to read the label. I mean, it's crazy. Even things like frozen pizza or different breads that are out there have high fructose corn syrup. But if you don't read the label, you'll never know. Anyway, avoid it. Anything that says high fructose corn syrup, anything that says 
vegetable oil, anything that has a hydrogenated fat. And then, of course, there's, um, I alluded to this at the outset, BHT, which is beta um, hydroxy or butylated, I should say, butylated hydroxytoluene. And there's also BHA, which is butylated hydroxy anisole. So BHA and BHT, these are found in so many things, everything from breakfast cereal to chewing gum to potato chips, vegetable oils, all these kinds of things have these toxic, I mean, would you want to eat toluene? Like, is that something that you keep in your pantry? Absolutely not, you know? So another rule of thumb, which my grandmother always taught me, if you can't find it in your own pantry as far as ingredients that you would cook with, you probably shouldn't buy something that has chemicals that you can't either pronounce or you just don't even know what they are. Like, they can't be good for you, even though the government may tell you they are G-R-A-S or grass, generally regarded as safe. Many of them can be toxic, right? And BHA and BHT are examples of this. These, they're there to keep things from going rancid, right? They're a preservative, but they affect the brain. They can aid in causing neurologic disease, even cancer. And they're, what happens is they, they become oxidized and they cause inflammation and they're just not, not good for you. So if you see anything with BHA or BHT, avoid it like the plague. I, it's, you just got to look for it. Okay. Um, I'll just briefly talk about artificial sweeteners because I kind of mentioned it a little bit, alluded to it during high fructose corn syrup. Those are also nearly universally bad. If you're using a plant-based um, natural sweetener like monk fruit or stevia, those are probably okay. Um, but others that are out there, like basically aspartame, um, which is in many diet sodas or sucralose or Splenda, these have all shown to have significant effects both on your microbiome of your gut, for example. They are killing the good bacteria that you want to have, and they're causing other um, colonies to rise up that are the bad ones. They mess up your, your gut, causing things like leaky gut or dysbiosis. And so artificial sweeteners are not the bomb. In fact, what's been interesting is they've done studies on this. People that use them more often, like drinking diet sodas and things, you would think that they would lose weight. They actually gain weight. And they think the reason for that is because they hook your brain onto sweet things and they are empty calories. So they make you want to eat more in the end. So even though you think, hey, I'm not getting calories into me because I'm drinking diet Coke or diet whatever, you make up for it in other places. So my new thing, I, I was never much of a soda drinker, but but there were some of my family members who liked certain diet sodas out there. And, and what we did is we kind of replaced them because they liked the carbonation with just non-sugary carbonated water, you know, either something like Perrier mineral water or maybe a Perrier with a little lemon or whatever. There's, there's a lot, and it's kind of cool. I, I think that the market is responding to, to people like me and you that are refusing to buy regular sugary sodas or regular diet sodas but we like the carbonation with maybe some of our meals that they're starting to sell just a carbonated drink. Like um, I think both Coke and Pepsi now have a carbonated drink out there. I forget the names of them. One of them is Aha. One of them is Bubbly. Basically, all they are is water, a little bit of natural, say, lemon juice or, or flavoring, just very tiny bit. They're basically zero calorie, and they don't have the bad stuff in there. So this is something that you could consider switching to if you love your diet soda or whatever. Try switching, transitioning to one of these carbonated drinks that don't have any sugar or any artificial sweetener of any kind, like the basically the mineral waters out there. I That's what I drink if I'm going to have a quote-unquote soda. I never drink a sugary soda, or I try not to drink any of these diet sodas. I just drink, say, a Perrier with a little lemon or something like that. And so something to consider, um, or just drink plain water, which is mostly what I drink. Um, anyway... I got to talk about a couple of things that will surprise you. I just think it's so interesting because I mentioned before, um, you know, the yoga mat chemical, because that's that's been found in Subway sandwiches, which is just super, super nutty. And it's fortunately been phased out because uh, people like the Food Babe, which have talked about it over the years. And, and I think it's mostly phased out of most things, but you got to look for it. And... Uh, let me just tell you, I always forget the, the name of that, uh, that chemical. It's, um, let's see, the yoga mat chemical. I'll get, I'll get it. I, I, had a, I had it written down because I can never, never remember it. But um, it's one of those things you definitely 
want to avoid. Let's see if I can find it here real quickly. Where did you go, Yoga Mat Chemical? Um, let's see. I'll find it. But it, there's another one that's kind of interesting. Um, oh, azodicarbamide. Azodicarbonamide. There you go. Azodicarbonamide. That's the Yoga Mat Chemical, okay? Azodicarbonamide. It's a little bit of a mouthful. Azodicarbonamide. And it, and it is still in some breads out there. It gives it that sort of puffiness, which is why they used it in Subway bread. But it's literally the same chemical used in yoga mat. So if you see azodicarbamide, azodicarbonamide, sorry, avoid it. It's the yoga mat chemical. No good for you, okay? Unless you like to chew on yoga mats. But the other one that I found super interesting that is in lots of food is the chemical ingredient in Silly Putty. You know the Silly Putty? Like when I was a kid, we used to play with this stuff. It was so fun. You could take an old print newspaper and put the Silly Putty on it, and then you could use it as a stamp, and you could stamp that cartoon on I don't know, maybe I'm dating myself, but, but shout out to any of you guys who have ever taken Silly Putty and put it on a printed newspaper, like, you know, the Sunday comics, and then stamp that out on a white sheet of paper, and then you get it on the white sheet of paper. Super cool. That's what we did for fun back in the day, right? Before we had uh, devices, cell phones, uh, iPads, you know, all these kinds of things. But Silly Putty, which is dimethyl polysiloxane, is not awesome, right? It's a chemical. It's Why would you want to eat Silly Putty? Well, it's commonly used in not only Silly Putty, but like caulking, you know, the caulk that you put around your door before you paint it. It's in lubric lubricants and aquarium, you know, sealants and, and silicon grease and all kinds of stuff, defoaming agents, mold releasing agents, polishes, cosmetics, hair conditioners, and it's in a lot of our foods. Like, did you know that there's been um, <laughs> evidence of this being in a lot of the foods that we eat, like Chick-fil-A sandwiches? They found it in there. McDonald's french fries, KFC mashed potatoes, Taco Bell cinnamon twists, Five Guys french fries, Domino's breadsticks, and on and on and on, the list of these Guilty foods goes on, but this dimethyl polysiloxane is a preservative, right? And it's in so many chemicals, but you know what happens is it gets converted in the body into toxic substance, even things like formaldehyde, like formaldehyde's for dead people, right? That's how they preserve the cadavers, like when I was in medical school. You shouldn't be eating that stuff, but it's crazy. It's in so many things and so many foods out there. So I'm going to tell you the name again so you can look for it dimethyl polysiloxane. And I'll put that in the show notes, but it's it's basically silly putty and it's in all that silicon and caulking. It's even in silicon breast implants often. No wonder why people are getting sick from breast implants, right? It's not only a foreign body, but if it has this type of um, a chemical in there, it, it's dangerous. It's hazardous. <laughs> anyway, it's in so many things. There's... Um, it's crazy. I even found that that some fountain drinks, you know, those ones that you buy at the restaurant, you know, that come out of the fountain, it's often hiding in that. I mean, it's like, it helps, right? It helps them last longer. It's it's basically a preservative. It's crazy. Like, who knew that when you get your diet soda at, uh, you know, my favorite is, uh, I, I go, and I, I go out to eat occasionally, like, especially when I'm traveling, I go out to Chipotle, I don't buy the fountain drink, I just ask them for a cup of water, and I get ice, and just and fill it with water, but but all of these soft drinks that come from you know the fountain often they have crazy preservative chemicals in them. Like you know we we actually uh, got I forget there was a an article that I read recently. Diet Coke had on the ingredients list besides the nasty stuff that we know about, right? Like either the Splenda or the saccharin or the um, the uh, aspartame, you know, which are all not good, but it had dimethyl polysiloxane, which is that chemical that I just told you about, which is silly putty in the fountain drinks. Like, it's crazy. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, I can hardly go out to eat anymore because I'm thinking about this stuff. I mean, we don't go out to eat much because, you know, family of eight, I got six kids. Like, it's like 300 bucks just to go out to eat. You know, it's like nutty. <laughs> you know, every kid get something that costs 25 or 30 bucks at a restaurant, you add that up, I mean, it's 300 bucks. So we try to reserve the going out to eat for special occasions and things. Or if we're on a road trip, we might go to Chipotle because it's pretty, pretty good ingredients as far as I can tell. And, um, you know, if I buy the grilled stuff, they're not bathing it in vegetable oils and stuff like that. They actually have pretty good ingredients. But 
the fountain drinks might contain silly putty. So I'm not getting the fountain drinks. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend you do either. But there's other stuff in a lot of uh, these, these restaurants that they won't ever tell you about. There's this thing called phase oil. And it's what Domino's uses for their breadsticks. It's like a, it's like a fake butter. <laughs> and guess what's in it? Hydrogenated soybean oil and dimethylpolysiloxane. That is that silly putty chemical. Like, holy crap, this is on the list of ingredients in this fake butter. They call it phase oil, which Domino's and many others use in, in cooking. I mean, it's nutty. Like, this stuff is just, you can't make this stuff up. It's, it's in there. It's out there. I even asked my son, who works at, like, I, I view it as a pretty high-quality restaurant, and they use this cheap stuff, this stuff, this fake butter, basically, on their grill because it's super inexpensive, and it has this nasty stuff in it. So you got to be cautious. You got to ask questions. You know, what I'm starting to tell the restaurant people is I'm allergic, deathly allergic to many types of oil, like soybean oil, vegetable oil. And I just named the common ones, sunflower, safflower oil. So I ask them if their foods have any of that oil in it, because the only oils that I'm able to eat are olive oil, avocado oil, and coconut oil, maybe peanut oil, but nothing else. I can't eat any of these other oils because I will have a deadly anaphylactic reaction. <laughs> and so that's what I've been starting to tell different um, you know, restaurant places that I go to to see if they have any of these bad oils in there. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of their stuff does. So my, my, what I can order is limited. I mean, we don't go out to eat often anyway. Um, I might just get you know a beet salad or something, but I don't get the dressing because unless they can confirm with me that all they have is say like a balsamic and a, a vinegar that only contains olive oil and none of these fake oils, like I'm not going to eat the dressing either because most of the dressings have these nasty soy oils, soybean oil, sunflower, safflower, all this kind of crap in the salad dressing, even though they might say olive oil. Anyway, it's crazy, 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 crazy. So you got to read the ingredients. You got to know what's in your food. Um, let me just check my notes really quick to make sure I'm going to do a quick review. We talked about avoiding the seed oils, avoiding the hydrogenated oils or the fake fats, the fake oils, the shed spread, the margarine, all that stuff. Anything that says hydrogenated is, a, is toxic. The food colorings, we got to avoid the artificial flavors, the artificial sweeteners. None of them are good other than those that come from a real, you know, natural source like stevia or monk fruit. Those are okay. Most of the others, not so awesome. Sodium nitrite, we talked about that and meats. A lot of the fillers out there, I didn't really mention this, but guar gum and there's a lot of different kind of thickening agents that are out there are, are not that awesome to kind of mess up our gut. Carrageenan is another example. Try to avoid those as well. Um, avoid like the plague, the high fructose corn syrup. I kind of went pretty into that as well as the artificial sweeteners. Um, I mentioned uh, carrageenan, um, trans fat. We mentioned uh, the different artificial flavorings, and basically anything that comes from a lab that you either can't pronounce, that you don't know what it is, you probably shouldn't eat it. Super simple rule of thumb. My grandmother taught me that, right? If you, if you don't use it personally in your cooking, you can't pronounce it or you don't know what it is, BHA, BHT, you know, the dimethyl, okay, I'm going to say it again. Here we go. Dimethylpolysiloxane, that's the silly putty, or the azodicarbonamide, which is the yoga mat chemical. Like, don't buy food with this. You know, the yellow number five, the yellow number six, the six, the makes you sick, right? The yellow number six makes you sick. The yellow number five, too. Well, all this artificial stuff, you got to avoid it like the plague. So stick to my most simple, basic rules. If it comes from God, nature, the ground, naturally, it's probably okay to eat as long as you're trying your best to get organic and if you can't get organic, there are certain foods that aren't so bad to buy non-organic, those that have a peel, like a banana or an avocado or, um, you know, uh, certain fruits like that, that you basically take the whole peel off. There's a whole, a whole list of those um, that you can find on the EWG, the environmentalworkinggroup.org. They have the, the Dirty Dozen, which are the ones that you want to buy organic, like strawberries, blueberries, you know, raspberries, those that are really hard to wash all that toxic, you know, um, chemicals off of them like glyphosate, which is Roundup, which is so ubiquitous now in the environment. And, and if you studied me or anybody else, you would find that we all have a little bit of Roundup in it because it's almost impossible to not get some exposure to it. Even from an organic field, chances are the field next door to it may not be organic and they get some overspray. And so 
it's crazy. But do your best. Try to buy organic. Go to the ewg.org website to find out which ones are okay to buy non-organic if you want to save some money. But there's definitely the Dirty Dozen list on there as well, which is the ones that are super hard to clean that you should definitely try to buy organic, which are basically all the berries. And then the next list, uh, part of your pantry cleanout is just avoid the chemicals. You know, all the things you can't pronounce that you don't know what they are, or they're artificial colors, flavors, sweeteners, high fructose corn syrup, uh, trans fat. You got to avoid this stuff like the plague. That's the bottom line, because if it doesn't come naturally from nature and it's made in a lab, chances are it could very well be bad for you. So <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy world out there, guys. I mean, who know you? who knew you would find Silly Putty in French fries or in soft drinks, fountain drinks, like who stinking knew? Like, I didn't know that. I mean, I try not to eat that stuff, the dimethylpolysiloxane, but it's there, right? The azodicarbonamide in the Subway sandwiches of the, of the past, but it's still used in some breads and things. The BHA, the BHT, like all this crappy toxic stuff is hiding in plain sight. So you got to read the ingredients, read the labels, and just stick to rule number one. Eat the stuff that comes from nature, from God, from the ground, and avoid the stuff that comes from a factory. Use my, what I like to call the five ingredient rule. If there's five ingredients or less and you know what they all are, say water, tomatoes, olive oil, and salt, like that's probably okay. It's fine. You know what those ingredients are. And they're not bad. They're not toxic. They're not some crazy additive chemical that's a preservative or an artificial color or an artificial sweetener, flavoring, or whatever. That stuff is probably okay. But get your food from nature, from the ground. Avoid the toxins that are out there because they are hiding in plain sight. But it's easy to find this out. They got a label. Read the label. You know, stick to the five ingredient rule. Avoid the toxic chemicals and buy real food. You can solve almost all your health issues by eating real food. That's it for now, guys. A big aloha.